Wasn't that fun today? The harvest of those four wonderful young people. The testimony of Christ that that means. And next Sunday we'll have, uh, I think, uh, three or four more. So we'll do this again and we'll rejoice just as much next week, of course. So our scripture is found today in the book of Acts, chapter 8. If you would take a moment and turn with me there to Acts, chapter 8. We'll begin in verse 26. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, he's one of the early deacons, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, and a a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet, and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. This is the word of God. A couple of major things to know from this very, uh, very inspiring passage is one, God is always seeking. It's what he does. God is seeking. He's looking. His spirit is at work in hearts It's not because we've used brilliant words or a touching story. It's because God has already stirred the heart for a person to be saved. He's already convicting and drawing. When the gospel starts to fall upon ears and hearts, those ears, minds, hearts, they start to already respond. God is stirring. God's also stirring that we should be that witness We should be that one that is asking, inviting, encouraging, explaining, loving. It's not a a big gospel presentation of memorized scripture and the perfect statements here and there. It's just a conversation. It's just sharing with somebody 
Maybe sharing your story. Maybe pulling out a scripture here or there. Maybe it's letting a general conversation begin to drift toward the direction of this is who Jesus is. There are two hearts that God stirs for salvation to occur. He stirs in the heart of the one who needs to receive. He stirs in the heart of the one that needs to share. Philip knew. The Ethiopian eunuch knew. God brought them together and both listened and obeyed. Is God seeking you? I mean, is God touching your heart? Is God, maybe like, like Lily, is God saying, come on, I've been talking to you for a long time. I've been speaking to your heart for a long time. It's time to stand tall and say, I want to live for Christ. I wish to live for the Lord. I've not been living for the Lord as, as, I, as I can. And God is calling me to more. Maybe it's like uh, uh, young children. They just know it's their time. They know it's their time. God does this because he loves us and he invites us into his kingdom. God is always seeking. And baptism is always God's testimony. People say, well, what do I say? You don't have to say much. The fact that you're baptized today publicly on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, if baptism is intended to be a public declaration, what little I know about technology, sometimes it seems pretty little, I know how to put something on Instagram and Facebook. And so it's not just us, it's everybody. Everybody now is knowing that uh, Shailen and Bailey and Lily and Evan are new in Christ and are newly proclaimed as baptized to live for God's glory. Baptism is always God's testimony. It's a symbol of, of a change. It's symbolic of a change. That something has taken place that we didn't just get some religion, but that God forgave our sins. He didn't just forgive our sins. His Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us that we might be led of him to know right, to know wrong, to choose right because the Spirit nudges us that way, to, to know wrong because we're convicted so we can kind of get that cleaned up and get back in the right track we need to be. He's our teacher. He makes the Scriptures come alive when we read or we hear the Word of God. Not only that, but God adopts us. In fact, He adopts us into His family as a new father so that we're just as much a child of the Father as Jesus. He looks at us the same. He welcomes us the same. I shared this Wednesday night with two precious sisters. The younger one looked at me and nodded, but then kind of cocked her head like a puppy dog. Like, huh. I looked at Bailey, the older one, and she said, you may not know this, but we're actually both adopted. Yeah, I know. So I looked at him, and I said, cool. <laughs> I said, that is so cool. Do you know how many children are born in this world to parents who can't 
raised them because of drugs or alcohol or other issues in their lives. And, and, and they have to surrender them because they wouldn't know what to do. Or people that have an abortion, people that struggle because of choices in life. Listen, do you know how many people would love to have a child for some reason can't? And I said, they get so much love in their heart that they're, they're looking for a child. I said, I know a lady in our church that had so much love, she was looking for children. She found you. You are the children of love. And the cool thing is, even cooler, is that God's the same way. And he's looking for us. And he wants to adopt us into his family because his love is so great. So I explained, I am jealous of you today. I said, I have only been adopted one time. But you, you both have been adopted two times. You know more love than I can ever know. And God does that for all of us. He welcomes us. He adopts. Baptism is a symbol of a change. I'm not who I used to be. I used to tell children that after baptism is done, there's a dead body in the baptistry. And it's us. But I think one or two took me kind of literally, and they had a little little concern when they stepped into the water. So I don't use that illustration as much. But it's true. The old person is left behind. There's a new one to live for Christ. It's a declaration of new life where we connect with God. Do you realize that baptism, according to Romans chapter 6, verse 4, baptism is that time, that opportunity that we identify, we connect with Christ. And as Christ was, was dead and buried and rose from the dead, so we die to our old self and our desires and our plans and our interests. We die to those so that we can come out of the water alive, identifying with him so that we claim his death as ours, we claim his life as ours, and we are that new person in Christ. And then, of course, we're shining the light. Didn't Jesus teach us in Matthew's gospel that you, you put a light on a hillside like a city, that you don't put a light under a bushel basket and hide it, that you hold a light up because we are now the light of the world in Christ. Baptism is a way to crank up the lumens on our candle and let everyone know this is who Jesus has called me to be. You'll notice in the last year or so, I've made a little change. I now ask everyone, when they're to be baptized, who is Jesus? Because Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you'll confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, I don't think you have to actually verbally say those words as such, but I like it. And I like to hear a new believer say Jesus is Lord before I plunge him into the waters of baptism. It's always God's testimony. So what about you? Do you identify with some of these? Do you need Christ? Does baptism remind you 
You need Christ, his transforming power. Maybe you identify with Lily. Maybe you say, you know, I've, I've made commitments during my life when I was younger and here, and I, I, I'm not sure I really grasped what I probably should have grasped. I, I was well-intentioned. But I want to grasp it all. Maybe it's time for you to do what I tell children. Make double sure. Claim him as Savior, as Lord. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you've put it off for some reason. Or maybe you've been sprinkled or poured. And Baptists have a strong tradition of immersion. Why? Because baptism is not about cleansing. It's not about washing away sins or cleansing us. As I told a couple of young folks Wednesday, I said, if I thought it was really about cleansing, there'd be a big old bottle of bleach that I'd be pouring in that water just to make sure I got it all. But water does not wash away our sins. The blood of Jesus washes away our sins. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you need to be immersed as a symbol of I'm dead to Christ. I'm alive to Christ. I'm dead in him my old life, I'm alive in Jesus. If so, you need to let me know. You need to say, Pastor, I want that. I want to declare this to the world. Now, there's a few things I need of you. If we're talking about being baptized, why? For all these reasons. If we're talking about volunteerism, vision, serving God, got a few things I need you to do. First of all, on one of the tables in the narthex, there are some books. The Gospel of John. When I walk out today after church is over, I need to see the table empty. I need everybody to grab you a Gospel of John booklet and give it to somebody. Leave it in a waiting room. Leave it in a public area. Give it to a friend. Take it to school. We need to distribute the word of God faithfully. Faithfully. We don't need to be bashful about it. It's a simple, easy thing. So let's just get started with the gospel. Let's just leave a booklet at work in the break room or somewhere. Second, there's also some books you might find of great interest. Those are available. They're free. Secondly, we have a training on March the 4th. It's a Friday. It's uh, Friday evening. It's 5.30 to 8.30 in Johnson City, Mountain View Baptist Church. Our whole staff will be going because the training is on conversational, gospel conversations, how to do a gospel conversation. What does that mean? It means you learn how to just be chatting with somebody about Tennessee football or about the weather or about your last round of golf, your favorite recipe, and you find, uh, you find comfortable ways that that conversation begins to drift towards spiritual things. Classic example, somebody's got a couple of children at the grocery and they're wanting everything and you're watching. So you just mention to the dad and say, it's not fair. You brought helpers today. How did you swing that? And they go, oh, really? You think this is help? You go, kids are always fun to have around. Well, that's true. You can say, you know, I've always felt that kids were a gift from God to me. Well, they are a gift from God, aren't they? They sure are. Boy, I, uh, 
I'm glad God gave me some children. I had the chance to raise them up. We tried to teach them the best way I could. But thankfully, God has grace. And he took over where I couldn't do the best job. He knew what I needed. Before you know it, they're chiming in. You've had a gospel conversation, an opportunity to just chat and have an influence, maybe even invite them to church if they bring that subject up. A gentle, natural way to share. Now, some of you may go, that'll never happen, and you will be cheating yourself in the kingdom. Maybe the answer should be, I'm a little nervous about that, but why not? If you'll come, it's 10 bucks. You get a dinner included, materials. You get to sit with your pastor if you want, and uh, we'll have a good time. You need to let me know. You would like to go to that. I would like to join you in that. And then finally, Brian gave you some opportunities for volunteerism. Those are good opportunities. There are three that are urgent. They're all good. There's three that are urgent. We need some people to say, how can I serve children in ministry? We really need some volunteers in children's ministry. If you'd be willing to help in some capacity, whatever suits you, you're best, best suited for, if you will catch Casey or me and say, I'm interested, what do you need? Or we need help with young people. Is that right, Logan? Yes, we need help with young people. Young people are wonderful to work with. They're a joy. We just need some, some companions, some, some chaperones, some encouragers in any area that you'd like to do. But, but you're going to have to volunteer and sign up. Catch Logan. He's out in the narthex. Catch him or catch me. And then finally, uh, we need a couple more greeters as Easter approaches. Now, we'll be expanding that ministry more in the days ahead. But for right now, we need to make sure we've got some folks that are fired up and ready on Easter to say, good morning. I am so glad you're here. Whether you're a teenager or a senior adult, doesn't matter. Man or woman, doesn't matter. Just a person to say, good morning. I am so glad you came to worship. We'll be starting that very soon. Would you like to do that? Would you reach out and do that? We would love to have you. Well, there it is. There it is. God's at work changing lives. Maybe he's wanting to change yours and mine. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you need to let your light shine. It's my challenge for you today. So we're going to head out of here because uh, our community has some dark places. And we've got some light to be shining. And I can't wait to shine it with you. If God has spoken to you, don't you let me get away. You catch me. Father, we love you. And we adore you. We lay our lives before you. We are about to depart with a song on our heart. With joy. With great joy. Would you, O oh Father, direct our paths what it means to be a servant of God? Would you be full of grace and mercy with the people we've been praying for? Guide us to be the church we can be. In Christ's name, amen.